welcome to the Soar Community Network podcast with your host, Malie Ponpadit. Here, inside our community, we help each other see, own, articulate, and release our unique message and mission into the world. Uncover your gifts and talents, release your passions, own your purpose, and let's soar together. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the SOAR Community Network podcast. I am your host, Molly Pontedith, and today we have Kimberly Giles with us. Kimberly makes peak performance and great relationships simple and easy. She has been a master executive coach for 14 years and has been featured on local and national TV and radio, including Good Morning America, who named her one of the top 20 advice gurus in our country. Kim is a human behavior expert who has found a way to make healthy thinking simple enough anyone can do it. Coach Kim writes a syndicated weekly advice column and is a contributor on Forbes.com and FamilyShare.com. She is the author of three books and her articles, books, and podcasts have been embraced by over 4 million people around the world. Thank you so much for being with us. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) So you go by Coach Kim, so I'm just going to stick with that. (laughs) That's perfect. (laughs) Tell me a little bit about your um, passions and why coaching really is what um, captivated you and made you want to pursue this career. Can you kind of go give take us back in time and what inspired you to move in this direction with your career and with your business? Yeah, I wasn't planning to talk about my <laughs> entrepreneur story, but but let's do it. So, uh, in college, I studied computer information management. Now, this was a long time ago in the late '80s, and uh, and then I uh, I left the workforce and became a mother and had four children. And 15 years later, found myself a single mom mm-hmm. with these four kids, and really no idea how I was going to make a living. And I had started a business when when I was in college doing computer training. But 15 years later, everything I knew was now completely obsolete. So I I was scrambling to try to find a way to support myself. And I've been a student of self-help and psychology my whole life, trying to find answers to my own life challenges. And I ended up finding an opportunity to be a coach but the the company I was working for, the program wasn't helping my clients. And, and so I started creating and, and figuring out processes that worked better. And pretty soon I had a program of my own. I realized I just need to quit and start my own company. And this little coaching program I put together is so powerful that I've now got therapists and social workers and coaches all over the world that want to be certified to use it. And, and I actually wanted to share with your listeners today a few of the, kind of the secrets uh, of success that come out of that coaching program, uh, just that I think would be of help in, in their lives and with the challenges that they're facing. But it, my dad likes to make fun of the fact that I've created this business out of thin air to some <laughs> degree, uh, but it's gone and and when you do something for 10,000 hours you become really good at it and people it resonates with them and things can take off 
and that's kind of what's happened with me. That's so great. Well, you know, you've you've really been at this for a, a while now, and one thing that I'm curious to know is, you know, in terms of human behavior, relationship, um, what has been some of your amazing discoveries around human behavior, and what fascinates you about human beings? Okay, so this this is the fun part. I'm I'm going to share some secrets with you about how to understand yourself and other people that just make us it makes human behavior really simple. And basically everything we do we're motivated by either love or fear. Now unfortunately, a lot of our behavior is actually motivated by fear. Uh, even a lot of the nice good things that we do we're actually driven by the need to get validation from people about how good or nice we are. And so they're still kind of fear motivated where we've, we've got these two core fears that all of us, every person on the planet does battle with to some degree every day. And when you understand what these two core fears are and how they drive human behavior, it just will all start to make sense so I want to share a little bit about these two core fears and let's see if they, if they resonate with you. Are you game? Yes, absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. So the first core fear is the fear of failure. And we actually define that as the fear that I might not be good enough. So it's that insecurity, that, that fear of being inadequate on some level. And we all have it to some degree. I think for most of us, it started when we were a little kid because one of the first things you heard was a whole lot of, no, don't be like that. Don't do that. You need to be more like this. And no matter what kind of kids you were, the message that you got was maybe I need to be different than who I am to be enough. And, you know, that that started. And then we went to school. And the first thing you learn in school is that there's kids smarter than you and better looking than you and more athletic than you. And that fear gets bigger and, and I really wish I could tell my children that as an adult, I've grown out of it. But on some level, I think the fear grows with us because as an adult, there's even more levels on which we can fail. Mm -hmm. So all of us are doing battle in the back of our mind. It doesn't matter how successful or whatever you get, you know, the level that you reach, that fear still plays out at some level in the background and we're all battling it. And when we really remember that every person we're dealing with is fighting that battle, we we handle it much different. We handle interactions more with with more validation and reassurance with people. And and that alone will kind of change your world when you really become aware of that fear playing out with all of us. So that's the first one. The second core fear that we're all battling every day we call the fear of loss. And it's really a fear of all the things that can go wrong. It's a fear that your life won't be good enough. And so when I ask most people what they're most afraid of, they usually say losing their loved ones or losing their job, you know, those kinds of big loss. And, and those make sense. But there's a lot of little ways we experience loss every day. When I come home from work and my kids have made a giant mess in the house, the reason I get so upset is I feel taken from what, what do you think they took from me by messing up the house? What did they steal? Yeah, your time, yeah. your energy. 
Right? Yeah. So it's a loss. Mm -hmm. And every time I get cut off in traffic or stuck in a traffic jam, it's a loss experience because I'm not getting what I wanted today. I didn't want today to look like that. So people who are struggling with a lot of fear of loss are, are very sensitive to mistreatment to things not being fair. Um, they can be kind of controlling or bossy because they just need the world to be a certain way in order for them to feel safe. So if there's a lot of stress, a lot of things you worry about not being right, you have a lot of fear of loss in play. If you have a lot of fears about failing and what people are going to think of you, you have a lot of fear of failure in play. Now, some of us have both. And we really have uh, some some fear causing havoc in our life. And the reason it's so valuable for us to recognize these two fears is because of the kinds of bad behavior that they create. Fear makes us kind of selfish. It, it sort of keeps you focused on yourself. Um, I think a lot of people are shocked when they first realize that insecurity is selfish. But does that make sense to you why it, it is? It does. Yeah, it's just that inward focus. And when you're afraid of, of loss, you can be kind of protective and territorial and controlling to make sure your world's the way you need it to be. Okay. So this is the fun part. It, every time you have to work, work with someone and they're behaving badly on any level, step back from it and ask yourself, what are they afraid of? Are they afraid of what they're going to lose? Are they afraid that they're going to look bad? Are they afraid they're being judged? Um, it's interesting to think back about the last fight that you had with your spouse or, or someone in your life. I'll bet you can go back and see where one or both of you either felt insulted or mistreated. And as soon as you see that, you recognize that it's this fear that drives this behavior. And, and I've found as an entrepreneur, and I'm, I'm guessing you would back this up, that our fear of failure is one of the main things that gets in our way. Would you agree? I absolutely agree. Yeah. What, in what ways do you think it stops us? Uh, I don't know. I think fear, fear of failure is not allowing us to be innovative and try new things. I mean, we, we really cripple ourselves because we are more focused on what we might be missing out on or what we might be lacking versus the opportunities that could come out of trying something new, uh, which, again, because you're already thinking that it's not going to work, you really have already lost the entire opportunity without trying because you've allowed that to win. You've allowed the fear to take over. I've been there myself. I mean, I run my business. I'm, it's going to be seven years soon. But prior to this, I had a financial practice that I ran for seven years. And I look back and I realize there were many, many opportunities that I think would have accelerated my practice then um, that I did not go for because I was so afraid it wouldn't work before I even tried it. Wow. Okay, so would you want me to tell you the secret today <laughs> to get that fear of failure and the fear of loss out of the way? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now this is stuff my coaching clients pay big money to learn, but I, I love to share it with people. I want everybody to live fearless, and, and in order to, to get rid of the fear of failure, 
we actually kind of have to understand in our psychology what creates it. And basically, you've got a belief, a false belief that you've accepted and that, to be honest, everybody on the planet has kind of bought into this belief. And we think it's a fact, but it's actually just a belief that is creating the fear. And that belief is the idea that your value as a human being can change. It can go up and down. And all of us believe that. We, we honestly, in, in at the subconscious level, believe if we could just make more money or be more successful or lose weight or whatever it is, if we could just do or get those things, our value would go up and we could finally feel better about ourselves because we'd have more value. But if you believe your value can go up, you also believe it can go down. And that means, you know, you can't lose the baby weight or you lose your job or you just make a mistake. Every time you say something stupid, you feel like your value goes down and you literally feel like you're less than other people. And because we psychologically believe our value can go up and down, it, it ties to the belief that some people are better than other people. And we know that globally, the world has kind of accepted this as a fact. And it, it's the real cause behind all the problems on the planet, all the war and racism and terrorism and all of it. At its core, it's about seeing certain people as having more value than other people. Mm-hmm. So, so this belief causes all kinds of issues. But personally, what it means is that no matter how hard I try to do better, I'm always going to be able to find somebody out there that I think looks like they're above me. And as long as you can find people out there that look above you on some level, you'll always be afraid that you're not enough. So does that make sense psychologically? Yeah, great point. Absolutely makes sense. Okay, so the fix is we have to tweak your foundational belief about how the value of all human beings is determined. And if you change it as a principle across the board so that it relates to every human being on the planet, you'll actually start to buy it and believe that you're good enough. So what we've got to do is decide that all human souls, every single one has the same intrinsic worth. And you can't earn more and be better than other people. And you can't lose it and be less than other people. All of us human souls are unique, one of a kind, irreplaceable souls. And that fact alone makes us infinitely valuable. The irreplaceable is that valuable. And we all have that same value. So we've got to stop basing our value as a person on our appearance and our performance and our property and all of that kind of stuff that changes. And we've got to get a sense of value from our intrinsic worth, our uniqueness and our nature as children of God. And and when we let that be where our value comes from and we choose to see it as unchangeable, it just completely is a game changer. Because it means every mistake I make, I go, oh, wow, okay, interesting lesson that was, but it didn't affect my value. Mm. 
I still have the same value as everybody else. That's brilliant. Well, I love I love that. I love that so much. Now, let me also ask you this then, because when you've worked with um, executives and individuals at whatever level, and you're basically helping them to really tweak that mindset, that that intrinsic, I wouldn't even call it intrinsic, but that belief that we've held for so long. You know, how do you deal with or work with someone through the change? Because it is a change in mindset. It is a change in your practice. It's a change in how you basically see the world. Um, Does it happen overnight, Kim? How do you guide someone through this so that they can really, truly own and accept that they are valuable, they are worthy, and they are, there's no one else like them? Okay, so the, the, you're right. It doesn't happen overnight. And there's two levels on which we've got to kind of fight this battle to change our belief. We have to do it on the conscious level. And you can start doing that today because I've taught it to you. So all day, every day, everything that happens, you choose to believe that your value can't be changed or affected, right? You, you make the conscious choice every chance you can. But the bigger problem in our behavior is that 95% of our choices are driven by our subconscious programming. (laughs) And that's the bad news. 95% of the time you're on autopilot. And so you're just continuing to think and behave the way you always have. So we uh, provide a lot of tools and resources to help people change those beliefs at the subconscious level. And we actually have a new app that's coming out. Um, we've got tons of, of tools and resources on our website. This is our, our whole focus is helping people to change that belief at the subconscious level. So you got to be really patient with yourself. It's going to take a little while and some work. But what would help is if you sit down and make sure that your friends and your family are all on board with changing that belief and that it becomes the language with the people around you at work or your family members. Um, I love getting the kids on board with this so that it's our family language. And when my kid wins a soccer game and he comes off the field a little cocky because they just beat the other team, we all go, just remember that doesn't make you any better. You still have the same value they do. Mm. And when they lose the game, everybody's like, well, it's a good thing that didn't affect your value, right? Um, we, we've got to kind of make it, make it our language with everybody around us. And I really believe if enough of us would work on this, we could literally change the world because this is the underlying problem on the planet is that we don't see all human beings accurately. So yeah, we're going to have to practice it. It's, it's not an easy, easy fix to have that big of a paradigm shift, but you can start today to move that direction and it'll make a difference every day you work on it. Now, what do most people come to you for when they think of coaching and peak performance and being a better human being, a better leader? When they come to you and they set their goals, what do they typically write down? And I know it's different for everybody, but what do you see most of the time? And then how does their initial goal how does that morph or possibly change over the course of working with you? I'm just fascinated to see what mm. they think they came for and what they ended up with. 
Yeah, I think they usually think they're coming because they're so stressed that they're not happy. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of us are chasing so hard to to make it in the world and to make a living, but our our world becomes kind of fear driven all the time, and it's not a fun, happy place to live. Um, and then we get a lot of people who are struggling with relationships, and I really believe your your relationship skills are the biggest factor in determining your success and happiness at home and at work. So if you need to upskill those relationships, you need to learn how to show up a little more mature and grounded and balanced so that you're your best and and know how to build those healthy relationships, know how to recognize the fear in other people and calm it down so that they can show up as their best. Um, Yeah, I would, I would put it in, um, Reducing stress, which they don't often realize up front, is reducing fear because mm-hmm. that's what stress is. It's fear. So in the course of coaching, they start to recognize that they didn't really have communication problems with this difficult person or that they had a fear problem. <laughs> that person triggered fear in them and they triggered fear uh, in them. And and as soon as we get the fear out of the way, it's amazing how well we can actually communicate. Yes, I mean, it's amazing too to to have you really simplify it, even though it's not simple at all, but simplify it in terms of the uh, two core fears, because I think in a nutshell, you nailed it. That's really what it is, right? I mean, it drives, we as human beings, with the, our brains, the reptilian brain, you know, it's all about that survival. So you're either fearing a loss or you're fearing disappointment in yourself and others. I just think it's really nice to be able to hear somebody just simplify it for us. So it's not 10,000 things that we have to work on. It's a couple of things which might take a long time to put to practice, but <laughs> I feel it feels less overwhelming when you look at it from this angle. Absolutely. And that's really, we all need this to be simple. We need the changes that we've got to make to be simple if they're going to work. So just imagine all day, every day, there's only two states you function in. You either function in a love state where you're feeling calm and safe and good, and you can show up for yourself and other people in a balanced way, or you're functioning in a fear state where you're unbalanced and you're worried about yourself and that makes you less capable of worrying about others and and you you don't show up at your best. So you got these two there's just two options and you just need to learn how to get out of the fear and trust that you're okay so that you can function in that balanced state and and be your best. So Kim, how do you do it? How do you <laughs> how do you do it? How do you run a business? take care of so many brilliant souls in your practice, um, raise beautiful human beings, preparing them for the world, this massive world, (laughs) and feel your sense of purpose, fulfill your sense of purpose and ground yourself on a, on a daily basis. I mean, do you have rituals? Do you have practices? How do you manage all of this? Yeah, I think it's really important to start your day with a little centering time. Mm-hmm. And and that looks different for different people, um, whether it's reading, you know, inspirational things, scripture, meditation. I'm a big believer in meditation, but I think 
really, if you want to live in clarity and be successful, you've got to have some quiet. And that's often what we as entrepreneurs don't give ourselves is some time for quiet. We've got a million things that need to be done and we, we can underestimate the power of having some of that quiet time. But as soon as you start making that a habit, you realize the inspiration that comes during the quiet is what drives your success. Absolutely. So got to have that. So we, we, we talked about getting out of the fear of failure. Do we have time to talk a little bit about how to get out of the fear of loss? Because Yes, think that we do. We do. We have some time. So let's, let's focus on that before we close out because I think that's just as important. Yeah, because it's really what's causing you to stress all the time. It's going to be missed opportunities and I'm not going to get what I could have built if I had just been able to get more done or do more. This fear of loss is is really what drives a lot of the stress level. So I, I think the easiest way to explain this one is, is to talk for a minute about Viktor Frankl. You, I'm sure, mm-hmm. have read the book, Man's Search for Meaning. Yes. Beautiful. One of the most Beautiful. influential books ever written. Um, so Viktor Frankl is really famous for teaching the world that we have the power in any moment to choose our attitude right? And how we're going to feel, um, which was an amazing discovery he made in that space, in that concentration camp, going through that horrific experience. But there was another discovery he made there that I think people are less familiar with. And, and basically sitting in that space, he asked himself this interesting question. He said, was it random bad luck? that I got captured when I did, that I got sent here and there, and that I've ended up in this place with these people in this barracks going through this experience. Is that just random bad luck or is there purpose or meaning in it? Is there a reason that it played out the way it did and that I'm here in this place right now? And he here he is, this brilliant psychologist. He pondered and pondered trying to figure out which, which is it. Is it random or is it, does it have meaning? Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, he decided there's no way to know. <laughs> there's literally no way to know for sure if things in our life are random or if things have meaning, right? So where does that leave us? Got to choose it. <laughs> yeah. He decided we get to choose a perspective. And the reality is you're going to choose a perspective. You're either going to consciously choose it or you're going to subconsciously choose it. So he, he played with these two options and he, he decided when he saw it as random and having no meaning or purpose, he felt so, it, it felt so pointless that he, he really just wanted to walk into the electric fence and get it over with. Mm-hmm. But when he wow. decided to try on that there was meaning and purpose in him being where he is, it motivated him to want to rise to the occasion. If, if I'm here for a reason, then I'm going to make a human achievement out of it. I'm going to rise. And it made him be his best. And he, one of the quotes he's famous for is that suffering ceases to be suffering, at least at the same level, the minute it finds meaning and purpose. And so this has just been a really fun thing to try with our clients over the last 15 years 
to try on the idea of believing that everything that happens in your day or in your business it happens for a reason. And it makes the most sense to, to see life as a classroom. Now, it's interesting. A lot of people subconsciously see life as a test. It's like you're, you have to prove your value and every mistake you make docks your grades and your value goes down, right? We want you to see life as a classroom where it's learning time, but this is not a test. Your, your value is not in question. There's no grade. This is about learning. And, and I like to see the universe as this amazing teacher that works with all my choices that I make to bring every day the perfect classroom for me. And when I choose to see my life that way, especially loss experiences, I handle them different. So go back to the one I, I asked you, if we came home and the kids trashed the house, if I see it as random bad luck, I'm just irritated. <laughs> but if I say, okay, interesting, perfect classroom for me today, this is the lesson the universe has brought to me today is to have this loss experience of a messed up house. How are you going to respond differently if you see it as your perfect lesson? Yeah. I, 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 yes, I'm going to rise. And I also, I think it also impacts us on a very, on a cellular level, you know, the choices that we make to see it as a classroom, we don't get that feeling inside where you just feel defeated, deflated. And it makes a big difference because, uh, our energy uh, how we exp how we receive information and then process information impacts everybody else. Like those children are going to really, really suffer if you're irritated. <laughs> right? They're gonna they're gonna pay for that messy home. You know. <laughs> That's right, and you're right. I I believe that on the cellular level, you're choosing to show up in love for yourself and them, and turn this into a learning opportunity for all involved versus to be in a fear and lack and stress energy that's going to just bring more yucky into your life, right? Yes. So I'm going to make this really simple. I've taught you two things that you can actually practice all day, every day, especially when you're experiencing stress. You choose to trust that your value isn't tied to anything and that you can't fail. And you can't be diminished. No matter what you try, no matter what you go for, you'll still have the same value as everybody else. And it'll always be your perfect classroom. So whatever happens is going to be the universe blessing you at some level. You either win some or you learn some, right? <laughs> as the Jason Mraz song I love says. Um, if you see the universe this way, it, it creates a universe that's serving you and not against you. And if you see the universe that way, you can do anything. You can go big. You can really build the career and the dream that you want without any fear. Well, and it's also a much better imagery and visual. It's more powerful to see it as a classroom than chaos, you know, to see yeah. that there are lessons and blessings in the midst of what is cloudy right now. And, and trusting that when the cloud or the fog clears, 
that there would be some beautiful emeralds and diamonds in, in the rough. <laughs> it's, just, it's just more powerful. So I really value the insights and the lessons that you're sharing today. And yes, it's a very expensive. We're talking about, we're talking about in quotes, value now, the lessons that you're teaching our audience. And um, I think it's really important that, again, we all have the power within ourselves to make these conscious decisions because we're making decisions anyway, right, Kim? Yep. We might as well really choose the the mindset that's going to serve us most, right? Yes. This has been so fabulous. I love these two core uh, values that you shared today, these you know lessons that you taught us, and I know there are tons more that our audience can really, really um, learn from. And so I'd love for you to let us know now how they can find more about you, connect with you, and engage you. Okay. Well, I I would encourage them to get a hold of my book. It's available on Amazon and in Kindle or a hard copy. Um, it's called Choosing Clarity: The Path to Fearlessness by Kimberly Giles. They've got to read that. Um, I would also send them to my website, 12shapes.com. I know it sounds funny, but we we actually have a very simple personality profile system that starts with 12 shapes. And they can learn about some of the coaching programs that I offer and everything I'm doing on that website, 12shapes.com. That's great. Wow. Well, congratulations on your successes and doing the work that you were meant to do and that you love to do and being an example for your children too. So I really, really love spending time with you today. And I know that our audience uh, is finding value and hopefully will get more value when they reach out to you. So appreciate you so much, Kim. Thank you. Thank you. Well, everyone, Please make sure you reach out to Coach Kim. She is here to support you in any way possible. And if you uh, would like to uh, reach out to us or can't get a hold of her and would like for us to make the connection, please do so. Uh, you can write us at info at soarcommunitynetwork.com and you can learn more about our upcoming events, our annual summit, by going to soarcommunitynetwork.com. Thank you so much for being loyal for um, staying a part of our community, growing with us. And we will be talking to you very, very soon. Until then, take good care, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of SOAR Podcast. Join us by visiting soarcommunitynetwork.com.